Hello, and welcome back to the Vanquisher's Guide. I'm Randy. And I'm Bryce. And I'm Bradley. And this week, surprise, surprise, we're talking about a really cool monster every week. Is he cool? Are you sure? This guy is a mixture of cool and horrifying, I feel like. I actually think he's number one on the salt list. Is he? Absolutely. (laughs) If they made a magic card of this guy, he would be the worst. I would hate when, him. When you were uh, talking a little bit to me about this episode last night, the only thing I can really remember was uh, French Bowser. So Basically, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this week we're talking about a creature called the Tarasque. Have you guys ever heard of it? That's not at all how I pronounced it, so apparently I've as, not heard anything about it. As far as I'm aware, that's the way that it's pronounced. I have never heard of this. No? That... No kind of surprised me i i again like you said bryce that you uh and i talked about it a little bit last night but i was definitely expecting at least brad i was thinking i know like i literally am like a forever dm in dungeons Uh and dragons so you think hey this guy probably knows but i don't because i've only ever gone to level 15 in uh, dungeons and dragons so this is a little bit higher than my level there's never gonna be a level 15 person (laughs) one of these <laughs> oh really uh, no yeah there's no way and we'll get to it at the very end um because the he's a pretty major uh bad guy he's like pretty much the pinnacle final boss like the strongest creature in the D handbook and so we'll talk about him a little bit at the very end because he's pretty major in that but Amen. he yeah he is Basically, as far as stats go anyway, I mean, and this is not for homebrew, for like, as far as official creatures made by the D&D company, this is the strongest creature in D&D. But I'm sure there's people who have made homebrew creatures more powerful, but as far as official rulings, this is the pinnacle. So, I'm mm. on one hand, surprised Red hadn't heard of it, but on the other hand, really glad he hadn't, because... I was, as I was doing this, every once in a while, I was like, I really hope that this isn't, like, part of the D&D campaign that we're doing, because Brad's, <laughs> Brad's the DM, and I would have hated if I was like, oh, I'm doing this creature, he's like, that's the boss, dude, you just <laughs> researched everything about my final, come on. So I mean, man. the thing is, though, even if you knew everything about this guy, just oh, from the still. limited stuff that I saw about him... Um, uh-huh you're still not going to beat him. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. Like no ma- no amount of preparing or anything can like beat this guy unless your preparation is a nuke and even then, I don't know. You think he might but, just laugh it off, man? I, he, at least maybe he'll maybe he'll get angry about it, but not out of like just make him angry. Like how dare you? Who do you think you are? The audacity, man. You could attack me. But so yeah, this week we're doing the Tarasque, and along with him being a D&D character, uh, creature, which kind of surprised me, though they are v- kind of different, uh, same name and similarities between the two, but there are some pretty big differences. But other than being the D&D character, creature, monster, uh, he's also a French monster, a, a old France mythological creature which i didn't know france had mythology slash creatures man the more that we get into this the more i'm surprised about like just Uh the sheer diversity 
characters of like origins and stuff man i'm freaking loving it yeah so it's so cool he's uh originally from southern france and the origin of his story is that there's well the most popular origin of his story Uh, we will get into later on that there is possibly an actual a celtic origin that people most people don't know about but French version that most people talk about is that there's a saint called Saint Martha, and she was called out to this town to try and help to subdue this creature. So then she came out, <laughs> and we'll get, I can tell the story in full if we want to later. But I, then she, I need to hear the story. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of man. Funny. it's like kind the of the jobs that old saints got called yeah. out to, man. Like holy <laughs> moly. I always think it's hilarious the way that they go about it because it's like, oh, this priest or this saint or someone, they'll come out and save us. And usually the saint's response is, oh, cross, job's done, did it. And uh, don't forget the holy water. Oh, yep. Hey, you're right there on it. Uh, St. Martha, she uses both of them, holy water and a cross and job's done. So, (laughs) but that being said. So that way we understand what we're talking about and you can kind of get a picture in your head uh, because let me tell you, it's a lot to picture. This guy's kind of confusing. Let me go through what he kind of looks like. Uh, so the Tarask is, and I, again, I think that's how it's pronounced. There are several different spellings. The French version, well, the new French spelling has one. The old Latin spelling is a little different. There's a Spanish spelling and then there's the D spelling. So they're all a little different, but I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, I think that's the universal. It sounds right. But so if it's not correct, I apologize. As far as I could tell, as far as I've seen, that's how it's pronounced. But it might be different depending on where it's from or anything like that. But the this guy, he is described as having a lion head or a lion like head and then a body that's protected with a turtle-like shell turtle-like carapace on the outside and then he has six feet that are all described as being bear-like with bear-like claws he then also has a scaly tail that is serpent-like in descriptions some people say that it is actually a serpent but most people just call it as serpent-like and then he also supposedly breathes poison breath he has poison fire or whatever oh, um, so this dude is like a turtle manticore kind of <laughs> yes it's pretty interesting um that like bryce you said a little bit earlier that like mythologies and stuff all across the world are so different and that while that is very true it's also interesting that in every single region it, there seems to be some creature that is just a mix of all of the most scary creatures that people can think of. We've talked about Amit uh, from Egyptian mythology, who's uh, alligator, hippo, and lion or something, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have, like, hippogriffs. Or not hippogriffs. um, What's the one? Manticores. Manticores, thank you. Uh, There's also Um, the the chimeras and stuff. And so, like, just all over the world, there's these creatures that are just very similar to this in the way of it just all the scary things that you can think of because that's a monster it's not like a common bear it's a terrasque or whatever whatever it's called so like yeah um it's it's very interesting that like that's just seems to be a similarity in a lot of these mythologies yeah and i think it's hilarious because 
A, they make for terrifying creatures. Having all of those things mixed into one, it's like, oh, this thing, those are all in their own right, very scary creatures. Like a lion, a bear, snake, and depending on which version, also a turtle. Like all of those are relatively scary on their own right. And then you combine them all together and make them humongous. This thing is terrifying. So I uh, totally agree. This guy, although very cool, I think it's very interesting how there's kind of versions of him, although they're not quite the same throughout the entire world. But so that's one description. The uh, turtle-like creature that we have is that it goes back there. That description goes back to a story called the Golden Legend. But there are other descriptions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's the one that has St. Martha in it, or that's the most popular story with St. Martha in it. Uh, but there's also, there are a couple other stories that have descriptions of the Tarasque in it. Um, and attributes that come from that, or those stories are, A, it's described as a huge dragon, specifically a huge dragon, which, if as if dragons aren't big enough. <laughs> now they're also saying, oh, and it's humongous. It's big. So, well, I mean, that, if you think about like D and D, there's like dragons, and then there's ancient dragons, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So That's there's true. always got to be that extra level. Uh-huh. What's bigger than we, we've already got the dragon, but we got to have something that's like as Star Wars says, because we got to bring it in. There's always a bigger fish. So what's gonna be the thing that's bigger than the dragon? Well, right. Put the ancient dragon, and then what's bigger than the ancient dragon? Let's put the Tarasque. But. <laughs> So we've got a huge dragon. They also are described at, or he, there's only usually one of this guy, not a whole species of him, but he's uh, described as also being half animal, half fish, which. I guess fish are animals. Yeah. <laughs> A-R, ouch. I was also going to say, I think that might just be a general explanation for what turtles are. Turtles are just oh. half animal, half fish. Good point. And I also kind of wanted to mention how like Brad was saying is that like generally like we've seen that these like uh, mixed amalgams of different creatures have been like all things that you would regularly fear. Man, uh-huh. better watch out for that snapping turtle, man. <laughs> get you. That's, right. that's absolutely. I mean, that's what I was saying. Like I can probably see like maybe a bit of influence from that got into absolutely. him. Absolutely. And it's where, as I was going through, I was like, I mean, all of these, these things are crazy terrifying i mean turtles less so but depending on which one well, i would mean i think against the snapping turtle the, the turtle would be head. like representing like like how impenetrable it is oh absolutely just like yeah. not only is it like the perfect killer it also is like it's also got a huge defender. shell yeah. yeah that's true it's an absolute bastion of defense yeah man, what a great word bastion? Oh, it's so yeah. good man it's so good i love it uh so Half animal, half fish. So I suppose it's this one also is just a giant, huge dragon turtle again. But he, they're also, which kind of feels harsh. They're kind of fat shame him in this description. They say that he's fatter than a bull and longer than a horse. So, longer than a horse? Yeah. <laughs> That's their model. Kind of <laughs> I know. Well, no, 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 no. They didn't say how longer. Exactly. We could be like, it could six be... times the size of, as long as a horse, you know. As long as it's longer than horse, because how tall are the? How tall are you? I'm taller than a cup that's in my cupboard. Yeah, don't worry about it. I'm like... taller. Than... <laughs> okay. 
Taller than my nephew, he's two, so <laughs> I'm doing good. And like, how fat are you? I'm fatter than a bull, but how fat are you? I mean, uh, I'm you know, I'm fatter, fatter than, than the bull. earth, but I'm fat, but I am fatter than a bull, so it makes sense. Yeah. So on one hand, they do seem like they're fat shaming him, but I'm like, with the moniker of him being a huge dragon, fatter than a bull, that's not bad. That's feels like yeah, maybe this dude's kind of lean. Yeah. It's a lean, mean fighting machine. But who, or maybe it's relative, gonna, like, right? Who's going to be the person yeah. that like disses this guy? Like, <laughs> man, look how fat he is. <laughs> like, he's going to kill like everyone. Like... Dude, he's going to eat your town, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, and that is something that I thought was really interesting. There's so there's a, actually a town in the story of Saint Martha. This is a little bit of a side that we'll get to a little bit later, but this the city that St. Martha got called to to try and tame this thing slash take care of it, whatever she did, that town is actually now, the name has been changed to Tarascon. So they named That's their That's an town. awesome name, man. Super cool. The, the way that they spell it, it looks like Tarascon, which means it looks like they're just like holding a con for Tarascon. Well, I, I go there, man. Yeah. That'd be great, dude. So, that's kind of fun. But the uh, the town super cool they named their town after it but they also in their like town coat of arms they have a tarask eating somebody in the image which i think it's is hilarious metal really cool. yeah. so which we'll get to a little bit later of like there's several different pictures and like a bunch of different statues of this thing all over the place but i just think it's hilarious that they apparently love this thing and i mean although terrified of it big fans of it enough to make it the symbol of its town of their town and the name of their town so it's kind of neat um but otherwise he is is kind of chubby in their coat of arms yeah he's a little (laughs) bit chubby but i mean to be fair he also has to have the turtle shell so i i think that maybe that chub is just the turtle shell and it just looks like chub it comes off more chubby than maybe it's supposed to because they're trying to convey that shell man can i be honest about that uh that coat of arms <laughs> it's awesome i think is what you're gonna say i mean it's, it's pretty good as far as like coat of arms go but i don't know just like the image of the terrace kind of looks like a maybe like a four-year-old druid <laughs> yeah, yeah you're absolutely right <laughs> like, oh, you know, oh man this is something that like i guess anyone listening feel free to look up the coat of arms for the city of tarascon but if you look at the the i love how the picture of like trask looks like a really basic little kid drawing but then the person that it's eating looks like a clip art like yeah like something you could go and look up just like a stock image of a person sticking out the end which i think is awesome looks like somebody made this in like ms paint in like a couple couple of minutes (laughs) and no shade honestly but i just think it's a little funny yeah and uh, believe it or not that is actually one of the better pictures for the uh coat of arms taraskin or uh Tarask. there's actually other coat of arms from earlier iterations that make it look more like a crocodile or things like that so <laughs> that one's actually pretty decent mm. but some things that that picture in the coat of arms doesn't do a super great job at conveying is uh another description that they have he's also explained as having again in this one the head of a lion and teeth as sharp as swords which I think is interesting. I thought from I, from what I understand about swords, they're not usually kept like incredibly sharp. I mean, I guess maybe for teeth 
they're they might be sharp, but like swords aren't usually kept at like razor sharp degree. But well, neither are teeth, though, right? right. I mean, like, it, it still is kind of an odd comparison. But I oh. mean, you think about like tiger's teeth; you could probably like press on it or whatever. But True. it's really the force behind it that yeah. can split you in half. In the Tarasque's case, well, you know? and, and think of the time, right? I mean. When you're trying yeah, to like, when you're trying to describe something and use all of the like the adjectives in the world, trying to make it just sound you know as cool, like for these people in the what the 13th century, yeah, saying as sharp century. as a sword means the sharpest thing that you can think of. Kind of that's thing. fair. That's fair. I doubt that the in 13th century they were probably going to be coming up with the comparison of it being as sharp or as razor sharp, you know. So that makes sense since right. razors didn't exist back then. But it's just funny to me, like monsters nowadays, when they're describing them, they're like, oh, and their teeth, they're razor sharp. And I'm like, yeah, but like that feels that, that's really sharp, clearly. But like teeth usually aren't that sharp. So when they describe them as being as sharp as swords, I'm like, that doesn't feel that big of a step up. I mean, it feels like it's definitely sharp, but it feels like it's like a little bit sharper. Right? Whereas razor sharp, it's like, whoa, that's crazy. But I just thought it was interesting how they compared it to that. But yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And then uh, another thing that kind of just adds to the confusion of this monstrosity he's already got a turtle shell and presumably a lion mane because he's got the head of a lion. And now he also has the mane of a horse because why not? We got to add this is some goofy looking, <laughs> add some confusion. And then he also, on his shell and his scales, they're described as being hatchet sharp, which I love their use of comparing it to everyday tools and like things. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. this yeah. is sharp or sword sharp. That is hatchet sharp. This is spoon sharp. It's totally different, man. Hatchet very, very and sword. Different. Yeah. I'm guessing but, it's just like less sharp, but still yeah. sharp. <laughs> I, yeah, like, I think it's if you threw wood really hard at it, it would split it. <laughs> or if you killed actually... him, you could make a buttload of hatchets, dude. <laughs> That's actually how he gets through forests. Is he just turns sideways and just runs sideways through the forest and just cuts down all the trees with his hatchet side. <laughs> his hatchet. Oh, very nice of him to cut down the trees in like such a clean way, though. Nah, it's deforestation, man. He's he's ruining the environment. What a monster. <laughs> So he has hatchets on his back or thereabouts. And then he, this one also is, goes back to that typical. He's got the six feet with the bear claws and the tail of a serpent or serpent like tail, depending on who you ask. And then he's also got the tortoises or a turtle shell on his back. And then they also then later on describe him as, again, having the mane of a lion and the face of a lion but specifically having a black mane i don't know why that one was very specific and needed so like to be scar yeah. yeah like scar which i think is a cool look and it does happen in nature but i just think it's odd that they specifically wanted that one so but, it's more scary man yeah for sure but that being said with this description that we have now um We've got a lot of attributes being thrown at us. And so it's any wonder why with the coat of arms and all of the like iconography that they had back in the day, why it was a little bit challenging for them to 
get all of that stuff cram packed all into one little picture. So <laughs> makes sense why on the coat of arms it's a little bit just of a it's a creature eating somebody with spikes. It's okay. But that being said, as we get later in life or in his time in life. Um, as we get later in, time, in a few years, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. Wait a couple of years, come back. I'll tell you a little bit more. And then again, in a couple of years after that, we'll just pepper this through our entire lives. Uh, but uh, that being said, later on in history, after the 13th uh, century, as we progress through these descriptions and these pictures that we have, start to get a little bit better quality, and we start to see more of these attributes come through so once we get into like the 17th 18th century then we really start to see most of these attributes being fully put in and fully uh integrated into a a cohesive creature which is what we ended up end up having now a weird turtle-like creature but Mm, yeah yeah thank goodness for hd paintings yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's so true there's and that's actually uh, something that I thought was really interesting is when you go online and like look for pictures of these things, there are some artists that have done really good pictures of these things. Like like not necessarily super accurate, but man, there are some really good artists that like almost get all of the attributes correct and like these are some really like as far as other monsters that we've looked up, these are pretty accurate, the pictures that some people have made. And I was really impressed by the ones that have been created. So then also, of course, there's always ones that are way off. and Just the artist took some real liberties. But oh, even then, they're still cool. Mm-hmm. But that being said, there's also been some other. Um, as we've gotten more modern, there's been some additional attributes that we've gotten added to it. Um, he's evolving man yeah exactly yeah um but that being said there's uh some additional attributes one of which is the tail has been like fine-tuned a little bit as we've gone through history and so back in the day they just would describe it as a serpent-like tail and that was pretty much where they ended it now as time has gone on people have become a little bit more specific some artists nowadays uh, I think probably taking inspiration from the Manticore, they draw him and write stories about the Tarrasque having a scorpion-like tail uh, with a stinger at the end of it. But there's also, mm. like, most of the stories back in the day, they didn't really specify with that. Uh, if they did say anything about the tail's attributes, they usually only said that it either ended in, like, a spur or the more common one, which... So a lot of like historians and like really purist uh, Taraskans out there, they stand by that the tail needs to end in an arrowhead shape, which is following along with the picture that the coat of arms has, where he has an arrow-like tail. Almost kind of like a like a devil tail, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of like a devil tail. So, and I don't know if there's like a specific reason for that or if it's just that was how they drew it in the coat of arms and now everyone just thinks that's how it needs to be but it could be like maybe representing him as like a demon you know it's possible and it it seems like or at least his origin story doesn't seem to be 
demonic in nature, at least the ones that I've found. So I don't really know why they would go with that, um, but like, which we'll get to in a, in a second of where the, he's presumed to have come from. But that being said, why not? Let's make everything a demon. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Everything, everything that's mean can be a demon. Why not? They they take enough crap for everyone. But so then there's also another attribute that he's inherited a little bit as time has gone on, and that's fire breath. Because I mean, he's of described course. as a dragon. He's got to breathe fire. Um, but I do think that the the description of this and the way that it's kind of come about is kind of like hilarious and a little bit weird. Um, so the original story, uh, and the, the direct quote of why he has fire breath is, uh, it says, terrible dragon of um, unbelievable length and great bulk, bulk, which, ouch, really laying into this guy on the, he's calling him just fat shaming this guy. Like, Gleam alone. Um, but as, so of great bulk, it breathed, breathed out poisonous fumes, shot sulfurous, Flames from its eyes and emitted fierce hissings so and horrible noises from its curved teeth. It's not fire breath, it's fire eyes. Yeah, well, so we're going to get to it. And then it's then a new one, man. To talk about how its talons and teeth would tear into people, whoever crossed its path, and its poison breath would kill anyone who came too near it. So why would you need fire breath if we already have poison breath? Because so fire ter- make the poison, like, flam- like, the poison's flammable, so it like, blows yeah. up. You know how to train your dragon. You know. Yeah. So not only do we have to poison the people we kill, we have to also explode them. (laughs) They need to suffer before they die. The thing is, he doesn't even eat them. It's Suffer after they die. So they... It it started out, it sounds like, as poison breath. And then as time has gone on, it's like kind of morphed into, well, poison breath, that's not very dragon-like. So it's become more of a dragon fire breath at this point, but originally it was poison breath. But a lot of historians really question that uh, description because they're all like really confused by the flames shooting from its eyes. So a lot of uh, historians and French philosophers have thought that maybe he wasn't literally saying that the terrasque can shoot fire out of his eyes. Maybe instead he was taking it more metaphorically as a as a figure of speech, and that the Tarask's eyes he just glares very sulfuriously, which is, is that, a word I didn't is know. That a word? It is. It means that of or pertaining to like the way that like or depicting sulfur. So apparently oh. he's able to glare in a way that conveys sulfur. Maybe somebody just needs to call this dude's doctor and tell him he's got like yeah. jaundice or something. So, like, well, you got you got um, some people that can like check smolder, and then some people that can sulfur. sulfur. <laughs> I love that. That's awful. <laughs> oh, I don't Get know. Yeah, man, this guy's gonna give the Rock a run for his money. <laughs> Famous for the smolder. Uh, can you smell what the Tarask is cooking? It's <laughs> eggs it's just really gross eggs every time that every time he looks at you just like man (laughs) rotten eggs (laughs) that's awful um so yeah a they went from he could literally shoot flames out of his eyes to no that's absurd maybe he just glares and you just can kind of tell from that glare that sulfur maybe that's what he meant no like you know that you know the eye 
that your parents used to give you when you were a kid that just meant I'm disappointed in you. Oh, That's man. what he does. He that, just that was the only way just... my parents ever looked at me. <laughs> He's just constantly disappointed in everybody. Uh, well, then you may have been affected by a terrorist, <laughs> not your parents. <laughs> you are entitled ah, to compensation. This makes so much sense. I was raised by a terrasque. Oh, man. Um, so along with that, with if we're just going to be kind of taking the description of fire breath slash poison breath as a really obscure, more philosophical figure of speech way, then I think it's a logical conclusion to go with maybe he didn't actually have fire breath or even poison breath. Maybe he just didn't ever brush his teeth and he just had really bad breath. Maybe he just, <laughs> just like had the bad... nastiest stuff. Man. Exactly. So uh, I think that's the more accurate description of him is he just had bad oral hygiene. Poor so, guy. Kind of heavy set, bad breath. <laughs> man, we're just adding more sad, just insulting. I'm going to reiterate, I'm not making fun of this guy. I'm too terrified of him. I'm just getting this clear. <laughs> I'm just, just facts, man. Just the facts. I'm just saying what other people are calling him. I just want to make sure we understand everyone knows. <laughs> don't look at me. Don't breathe at me. Yeah. But so, like I said... At the very beginning, before we uh, started getting to these descriptions, he is a very confusing creature. And there are tons of different descriptions of him, tons of different things. He's like 20 different animals all wrapped up into one. And he can glare at you and you feel sulfur, apparently. So he's really confusing, which is where I guess I can't really blame him. But a lot of the medieval iconography from like even the 13th century and even forward a little bit into like the 14th and 15th a lot of that iconography doesn't fully reflect these descriptions they'll get some of them but not all of them and most of them they only like they kind of have a lion-ish looking head and then he's a four or six-legged creature with a shell and that's pretty much all we get um so because of that there's a lot of historians and whatnot that kind of question how many of like the pictures and and carvings and whatnot that we have or in the slash that we associate with the tarasque a lot of them wonder how many of them actually are tarasques versus how many of them are just neat pictures that people thought were weird and a lot of them get attributed as just like weird gothic period pictures how many dragons tarasque. didn't get credit for the destruction that they gave and as exactly to yeah, this dude's just stealing everybody's glory, man. Everyone's, just, everyone's claiming every dragonish looking hexapetal creature is a is the Tarascan. It's like, really, dude? That that was not the Tarascan. That was Barney over there. It was the first dragonish looking Barney. creature. Yeah. <laughs> man, turns out that the original Tarask actually had great dental hygiene and was very fit. But then yeah. all these fake Tarasks. Yeah. Ruining his name. Little known fact: Before Barney was a uh, kids show cr- uh, guy, he, he was, was a, city a destroyer. <laughs> he was destroying cities. That was in his youth. He grew up and he, he changed his ways. He really thought well, better good of to it. Hear. Good Doing to hear. a kids show really changes your outlook. <laughs> but yeah, so also kind of going back to the sulfur breath for a second. I can't really blame him much. He's got six legs. 
But like, I feel like those legs would have a really hard time reaching his mouth to brush his teeth. So I can't blame him all that much. He's kind of like a dog in that fashion where like they, they can't really brush their teeth. They have to just like chew on stuff and hope for the best. So, <laughs> Man, that's my dental hygiene plan. <laughs> chew on stuff and hope for the best. <laughs> Works so far. Uh, the dentists hate me, but I mean, who cares? I mean, I just... they're amazed, man. They're like, yo, how have you um... only had 20 cavities? <laughs> <laughs> you should um... be dead. How do you only get cavities? <laughs> uh, I'm putting them out of business. They just never seeing me. And then, uh, well, I'm putting almost all of them out of You're business until, I go, business, and, until I go see one of them. <laughs> I go see one and I, I plan out his like entire month because he's going to be filling cavities for a month busy guy so as well as uh there being so there's a lot of churches and like uh, what's the nunneries and things like that over in france that have these pictures of tarasques or tarasque-esque creatures which tarasque-esque what a fun word uh creatures on them but that being said it was it's really hard to tell which ones are for sure a Tarasque, which ones aren't. But we know for sure that at least the uh, the seal for Tarascan, the city, that one definitely is a Tarasque. It's specifically actually in their description of their like city code or a coat of arms. Like so, they also they have the picture of it, and then they also have a description of what is in the picture, so that way people can know what it is in case yeah like in case it gets confusing you can then create a better looking one and but people know what it was supposed to be and in the description it says it's supposed to be a castle and then below the castle is a tarasque eating a person (laughs) yeah they're very specific and that's one of the strange things is in almost every single one of these pictures especially back in like the the 14th 15th century back when like when they're making the seal for the city and things like that almost all of these pictures that the tarasque was depicted in he was eating somebody whole in almost every single one which it comes from the story like that's that's pulled directly from the story of saint martha but i just think it's something it's interesting that that motif is carried through the entire time of oh yeah he needs to be swallowing a, a person whole with just like their legs kicking out dangling out of his mouth so i think it's kind of odd and like i said that makes it into the uh seal for their city so they're staying true to it but um that being said really weird creature with a lot of history to him and what's more uh we got to go a little bit further back in, in the history more than just where he his story happened and we'll get to his story just after this um but where he came from is kind of confusing and a little bit debated as far as i could tell though there is a general consensus of he seems to be from the area or the city of galata uh, where the the story of saint martha takes place and he believed to be a crossbreed between the biblical leviathan which awesome and the legendary creature, the Onicus, I think is how you pronounce it. And in case you've never heard of that, because 
I, I, I had never heard of it. Um, there's not much information about it. I think mainly he's only referenced and talked about in relation to the Tarasque. But this on honoris or Ancarus is I think it's Onacus. Onacus? I think but I could wrong. be wrong. I just have heard that word before, I Onacus? think. There you go. Okay. Maybe you are right. But I mean <laughs> Um Yeah. After sure. after yeah. what was it last or the Halloween episode that I got something so wrong and I was arguing about it. I am too scared to say anything anymore. <laughs> uh, I think it might be, I could be wrong, but I mean, just, I think maybe. Um, so the Onakis, thank you. Um, if that is how it is pronounced, is said to be a creature that is really strange. It, it's part bowl and part several other creatures, like depending on which version it, it kind of varies. But the one thing that stays true and standard throughout all of the stories of this thing or all the iterations is said that it retaliates against its pursuers by throwing dung at its at anyone who chases it. And this dung is like as accurate as an arrow, like totally straight. And it causes burns, even to the point of in some stories, it catching people on fire and burning them to death. So that doesn't sound like uh, that thing is eating a healthy diet. Uh-uh, no, not at all. He's just guzzling like El Diablo sauce from Taco <laughs> Bell, man. <laughs> uh, which I feel like that's got to be a reason. One of the reasons why this thing is so uh, pursued is people are, must be chasing this thing out. Just get out of our town. Leave us alone. You are the worst. You smell awful. So I feel like it, it's on one hand. Maybe it's not to blame all that much, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, can't blame the people either. This thing sounds like it's the worst. I would not want it anywhere near my town. It sounds gross. But, so he's presumed to be the, the child of that Onakis and the Leviathan, which... Isn't the Leviathan in the Bible just literally the devil? Yeah, it be- beats me. I couldn't tell you on that one. I Sounds like something that the Bible would say. I don't know. At the very you least, I know he's a bad dude. Hey, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> maybe he's a demon in it. Maybe maybe it's like a form kind of like Legion, where it's just a demon that they talk about but never really give much information about. I'm not sure. Mm. But well, it also differs. I mean, I don't I'm not gonna claim to know much about that one at all, but I know that in the Hebrew Bible it's definitely you. more personified as a like actual like Preacher. monster. And then in like the newer Bibles, it's more, that's when it's like more of arbitrary depicted as Satan or whatever. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Cool. Also, there you go. Uh, The Leviathan, whether creature or demon or whatever, then went and had a kid with Onakis, the really gross bull, wolf, (laughs) lion, creature, Tarask. Made the Tarask. So, and uh, now we get to, uh, after his amazing origins, the only other important thing he ever did in his life, it sounds like, at least according to this version of him, is where the story of St. Martha comes in and his downfall, unfortunately. So, in this story... Why is he a challenge challenge rating 30 in (laughs) (laughs) D&D? Exactly. Well, I mean, we'll be very... His one chance to shine so his uh i mean 
To be fair, he did wreck a little bit of havoc beforehand, but or wreak a little bit of havoc beforehand, but not a whole ton. Um, so in this story, it was in uh, in France. There was, was a creature that inhabited the forested banks of the Rona, I think is how I believe it's how it's pronounced. Um, and this, the river was between the Airless and the Avignon. And that is now the location where the city of Tarascan is at. Um, though at that point, the city, or the probably more like small town at the time, was called something different. It was called uh, Nerlik, or also known as the Black Place, which... What a foreboding name. Yeah. Like, they, they, geez. Which makes sense why they changed their name to Tarascan, which, because A, they changed it from a super depressing one, but then they just instead went from depressing to terrifying by changing it to the name of this horrifying creature. So they just feel like that's their that's their vibe is just terrifying and scary, sad. Maybe a but, lot edgy, you know. Yeah. Edge lords living here. All the edge lords living in Taraskin. <laughs> so so he lived uh, on the inhabited forest banks of this river. And he often, most of the time, actually was living or hunted in this river. And he would try to, he would try attacking the men that would try and cross this river. So anytime anyone tried to get across the river, either by boat or swimming or whatever it was, he would either eat the people or sink the boats and then probably also eat the people after that. Um, so he was just a real menace trying for anyone in this area trying to get across this river. Um, and so the people, were super not happy about it and they were having a tough time dealing with this creature they then wrote to saint martha and described the creature they were having described it as a dragon that was half animal half fish that's thicker than an ox longer than a horse with sword-like teeth and and they also said it has horns so i apologize Mm -hmm. i also forgot he has horns in some versions but so they wrote to saint martha trying to get her help begging her to come to help them because they couldn't figure out what to do so she came to the town and she ended up finding the creature in the like when she stumbled upon it it was in the middle of eating a guy and that's where yeah yeah that's where that image of the tarasque eating someone with the legs kicking out of the mouth comes from is from this this moment where she stumbled upon the creature and it was halfway through eating a guy and just his legs were sticking out of the creature's mouth and so she replied or she responded to that by sprinkling a little bit of holy water on it and then holding up a cross and then suddenly the creature was totally submissive it what obeyed everything she commanded and was very tame so then I want to know yeah. how she sprinkled water on this thing. She got a little water bottle and just kind of flicked it at it, you know? She had, like, holy water grenades. She just... There you go. So yeah, that's uh, that's all it took, apparently. It's as easy as some holy water and a cross, and all of a sudden, now this menace is tame and totally fine. So she then, at that point, grabbed her girdle and tied it around its neck and then led this the creature by her now makeshift leash from her girdle back into the town to prove to the villagers that she had taken care of the Tarrasque. It was all done. They should be safe now. 
and lo and behold, all of the villagers, without being like coerced, they they weren't like the the Tarask didn't do anything to cause this. All of the villagers just immediately decided, all right, this thing needs to die. So they they threw rocks and spears at it until it died, with no coercion, Amen. no like they weren't threatened by the thing. It was totally submissive at this point, and they just killed it for no reason. Hmm. So. Kind of a cruel and jerk move, but I mean, I guess that's the way that it goes. That was so many centuries ago. I'm no no point in crying over spilled milk now, isn't that what they say? Yeah, no crying over skewered tarasks. <laughs> I think I think after uh, after several centuries, you can now stop. No longer, or you don't need to worry about weeping over your milk at that point. If it's been several centuries, your milk has probably gone bad. It's probably very gone. Probably very gone. But anyway, so that's the story of the Tarask. And for some reason, like I said, the villagers killed this creature that was at that point harmless. And yet they still thought it was apparently a good idea to name their town after it and make it their uh, town like a mascot. Almost, yeah, a mascot. Right? Thank you. I, I, all I could think of was a figurine. Yes, their town mascot, basically. So they apparently They're probably super proud of themselves, right? They're like, oh yeah, man, we we killed it. It was totally not submissive. It wasn't exactly. easy at all. It, it was, was a, a huge battle. <laughs> yeah. And then somebody went and told the story of Saint Martha, and it was like, ah, oh, well, maybe it was not so uh, vicious. Maybe it wasn't as terrifying as we led it to believe. Or led you to believe, but so that being said, now the uh, Tarask, it after being killed and several years later was started being put up on all kinds of walls and especially on these churches and whatnot. And one of the most famous and believed to be the earliest pictures and depictions of the Tarask is actually on the uh, chapel of St. Martha. And so there, it's supposedly uh, back in about the 11th century, there is a picture that was carved on the, or like a mural made on the uh, chapel that is supposedly supposed to be a Tarasque. And that's probably the most famous, though there have been several others on many other churches. But much like I mentioned earlier, many of those are a little bit question as to whether they're actually Tarasks or if they're just cool creatures that people thought were neat. But much for like all of our other monsters, I'm so surprised at the connection that they have to religion. Uh -huh. It's just like you would yeah. think that like this weird like chimerical like turtle would not have too much religious re religious connection, but man, nah, dude, he's it's there, man. Center. St. Martha must have been really something, huh? Yeah, for for certain. I I mean, apparently she was because they, she was like the number one call that they had to try and get this thing taken care of. So yeah, must have been important, apparently. But after uh, St. Martha's death, several years later, about in the year of 1474, there, the people in this area were having a really hard time. So the, the the king, I think, or lord of the area decided that he wanted to try and distract the people 
from all of the terrible slash drudgery of the world. And so they decided to hold the very first Tarask celebration slash festival. Um, and this was, it was during the Pentecostal festival that they already were planning on holding. But this time they specifically made it Tarask themed and they made like a whole like what modern day like uh, Thanksgiving Day parade floats. They made kind of one of those, but like it was made out of wood. And they walked it down the streets and they had a lady that was supposed to portray St. Martha reenact the entire miracle where she had the water and everything and they all celebrated. It sounded like it was really good. Um, and so that was the very first actual celebration that they had. And they didn't have another one for several years later. Must not have been very good, huh? I mean, <laughs> not, I think but... when you uh, celebrate something like have like a holiday or whatever, and it's about something that's like bad or traumatic, it's usually not going to be like a yeah. I suppose that that everyone like, talks about that. That I don't think that was a good idea. Yeah, yeah let's not do but, that again. So, I mean, although it wasn't, although it seems like it wasn't a hit, they tried it again a little while later. And they had their second festival that was, again, themed off the Tarrasque. And they had their little Tarrasque parade float that would go around. And this one was uh, carried by four guys inside of it. And so it was wood. So it wasn't all that heavy. It had four guys. And this is kind of where there's some people who theorize that the idea of it having turtle shells or having a turtle shell on its back they believe that it comes from this float or the origin of this float because oh, the thought is yeah. the creature didn't have turtle shell a turtle shell before that, but then they went to go build this float and they needed something to try and hide the people in. And so they're like, ah, give it a turtle shell. That way they have enough room in there to be able to be concealed. So that's where there's some people that theorize that, though it's not all that. I mean, it, it seems kind of weird to me because there are pictures from long before these festivals even started that seem to depict him having a shell on already. One of which being that mural on St. Martha's or in St. Martha's chapel. So I don't really understand where that theory comes from, but that is something that a lot of people say of, well, it didn't come around until later, but that being said, then after that second one happened, they decided, you know, maybe this is going to be a hit, but let's put it off for a little while. And it wasn't until in the 19th century that it fully became a celebrated, like yearly celebration where every single year they be- it, they were going to celebrate the Tarrasque, uh Festival. So coming into the 19th century, that's when they really got into the fun of it. And they made a more permanent wooden float that they were, would carry around on or with and that one i don't know why specifically that one but a lot of people describe that one as grotesque which ouch but and this celebration really not a fan of yeah uh, with the people (laughs) but and so then that celebration is just kind of iterated since then and it's i think as far as i'm aware it's still happening today even in the 20th century they just keep going and they love their tarasque float although it has been modernized as time has gone on, and now it's a metal one that has wheels on it that they can carry around. Or oh, wheel okay. around. But yeah, so now it's a whole thing. 
But that being said, I mentioned earlier that this Tarask's story seems to have other origins and it seems to come from more than just France. Um, and one of those other branching stories is also from Spain. Spain also has their own version. It's the name of Tar the Tarask is spelled a little bit differently and it has very slightly different appearance to it, but it's basically the same. However, their story, the Spanish version, is, again, similar story, but super misogynistic. So, yeah. Ooh. They have made uh, St. Martha into, like, this, or, like, there's St. Martha in the story, and then there's, like, an opposing woman to St. Martha that's, like, a really, like, they describe her as, like, a temptress and whatnot that she's just, like, really t terrible and she rides on top of the Tarrasque and whatnot and like I don't really understand why she's in the story but they're just like throwing out like oh yeah if unless you're like in the church unless you're a woman of the church you're terrible and whatnot like things like that it's it's uh. kind of a messed up story but I mean the otherwise the main story of it is very similar and because of this story um, and the editing part of that extra person in the Spanish celebrations of the Tarrasque Festival, they actually have somebody that rides on top of the Tarrasque now. Though at this point, I think nowadays they've modernized it and now it's a little kid. I don't really know why, because that role initially was a bad thing, but now they have a kid ride it in Spain. Oh, okay. Might but, be a lot of fun to ride it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it would be. <laughs> you got four guys underneath there carrying it, and you're just like, hey, cool! They're like slapping dying. on it. Go faster. They're like, oh, kill me. This kid's the worst this year, man. <laughs> Last year's kid was so great. He didn't even move a muscle. He's yeah. so scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that being said, I also mentioned earlier, <clears throat> there's also a possible origin that comes from the Celtic region. It's believed that this story is the pre-christian version of this story and that then after this this story existed and christians just kind of took it over and made it the story we have now and the reason that this comes there the the origin for this is there was actually a french archaeologist that was digging and he found a statue that looked it was buried down under the ground, but it looked exactly like the Tarrasque or had a lot of the same similarities. Um, he had the scaly like back. He had like the, like the turtle shell back. He had the sharp teeth, the chimera, like mixture of a bunch of different animals. And he even had a human hand sticking out of the mouth of this creature. Um, obviously it was like a, a stone depiction of a human hand sticking out of the mouth. Hey. Of so yeah, That's it was almost like uncanny. Uh-huh. It's really kind of super, super similar. So this French archaeologist was theorizing that this must be the origin of it and that now it's become this thing now. And this creature was even even had the similar name. It was called the Tarasconet. So the belief is that this is where that came from. And he believes that this was a Celtic either deity or something that they would do human sacrifices to. I don't know why he specifically believes that, but that's his belief. That's his uh, theory with that. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know if that's just because he's thinking like, ah, Celtics, they probably sacrificed, or if there's actually reasons for it. But that's, I, I thought it was very interesting of how this story might be even older than back 13th century France. It might be from back way before then. And it's mm-hmm. just been like, as the years have gone on, modernized and modernized. But so speaking of the most modern modernization of this story, uh, we'll talk yeah. about quickly. He's in the Dungeons and Dragons. He's, uh, like I mentioned earlier, the big guy in Dungeons and Dragons. So he's like uh, the, before we the talk baddest of the that, baddest. So oh, yeah. um, while we were talking about him, I was I, I knew I had heard this name before and I just couldn't I couldn't place it. And that was uh, what I named my dog. My dog's <laughs> name was Tarrasque. No. Um, I I just I knew it was from somewhere, and I I was like maybe it was from this, and so it's I mean it's Star also Wars. it's from D anD D, but no, it's uh they made a mag- uh, Magic the Gathering card out of it. Oh, did they? The uh, Dungeons and Dragons Ooh. set, yeah. But that makes sense. Why? I got it. Um, and he's uh, is he good? I can I can send it to you guys um through the chat, but basically it's the you know same thing in D anD D. It's just a very muscly creature that uh fights stuff. So yeah. and, and is an impossible to like like destroy. Yeah. Man, yeah, minus points for not having six legs though. Yeah, that is true. Seriously. This thing has like two legs and two arms. It's not even the right, not even close. Mm-hmm. But that's cool. I didn't know that there was a magic card. Well, yeah. the more you learn. I mean, it makes sense with the D D set coming having come out that they would mm-hmm. put this guy in. I mean, he's yeah. And they call guy, him a dinosaur, but... not a dragon. Yeah, like, what dragons and magic have uh wings so but not anymore technically no because in the dungeon dragon set most dragons didn't have wings now oh, really because they were like dragonborn but oh, uh, right. past of dragon yeah maybe this guy just has a dad that's a dragon way back and way far like the leviathan's dad was a dragon <laughs> or it could be <laughs> no. the leviathan like i'm, I'm i want to see a magic card about the the poop slinging ox man give me that <laughs> <laughs> that thing's gotta be so powerful. I do not want to see that thing. That's awful. I don't want to ever see a depiction of that thing ever. <laughs> Oof. So well, then I'll find one and I'll send it to you. I will ignore that message. I I hope you know I will for, forever be ignoring your message now, just in case. <laughs> that will be the day that I block you. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just in case you send me that, I will never look at your your. And if this podcast ever stops, you know why. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> We broke up due to a poop slinging oh. guy. <laughs> oh man! But so yeah, the uh, Tarascan D and D is very cool. He is actually like, quote unquote, the most terrible thing on the material plane. He's claimed to be between fifty feet or to seventy feet tall, or for our European people, it's fifteen meters to twenty-one meters. I think you mean tall. the rest of the world. <laughs> No, no, no. Only Europe does that. No, it's purely Europe. Trust me. It's science. Um, uh, I think that is longer than a horse. It's significant. <laughs> we don't know that again. That could be. He's just a really tall, skinny guy like Slenderman. <laughs> he's not longer. He's the same. He's even skinnier. He's just taller than a horse at this point. Oh, okay. Um, that being said, he is longer than a horse because he's also... In this uh, version, he's quadruped, so he has four legs, though he often stands back up on only his two back legs and uses his front legs kind of like hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he also has a long tail, 
a reflective carapace, which that doesn't mean that it reflects light. It's not like like caution tape or like damage or reflective. Like that. Yeah, it's not it like means a mirror. It everything. No, no, that'd be hilarious. It just <laughs> blinds you from the sun. <laughs> yeah, that's where the, that's where the fire comes from. Yeah, yeah. Don't fight this guy in like a on a bright day, man. Make you go blind. <laughs> go to try and attack him, and you just like can't see anything. Sun's in your eyes, and you're like, ah, oh, this guy's OP. Uh, so yeah, that I, it means that like any attacks that hit his carapace bounce back at you. Um, and then he also has two large horns on his head. There was also mm. supposedly only ever one uh, Tarask. There's the one Tarask, and he's sleeping in the world's core. And nobody can predict when he'll ever wake. He's just there forever. It'll be during but, our D&D campaign. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. The only but time he does. ever wakes up. I promise. He's never in been in anyone else's. <laughs> Problem is, is he is like very like, like irreversibly tied to the material plane. Like he is kind of in the fabric of this universe. And so like, you can't kill him because he's just fundamental to the world. So you just kind of have to like deal with him. If he ends up waking up, then basically your only hope is to try and put him back to sleep and just like kind of put it off for somebody else's problem. It's like, well, he's uh, so our problem now. Like Azalaw, Azathoth. Exactly, yes. Yeah. I was going to say global warming, but yeah, Azathoth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah so there's however there's also some texts ancient texts of course because any important texts come from ancient times yeah uh, no discoveries have been made within like the no, last no, thousand not years at all. not especially not in D. Uh, but they imply that that he possibly there's a way that you can find to get him off of the planet by like luring him away from the material plane and into a different plane of existence and then theoretically you could seal him there and then you wouldn't have to deal with him but i, I from what i understand that's very difficult to do and not 100 like sure if that would actually work it's possible that he would just maybe teleport back or just destroy that plane and then come back i'm not sure but theoretically yes. it could be done but who's to say um that being said he is horrifyingly uh, big and, and very powerful, um, along with being just the massive titan that he is. He also doesn't really need to see. Uh, he has two eyes like most things do, but he doesn't really need them all that much for sensory reasons, like needs. So if you had did end up finding a way to blind him or like cut out his eyes, he's basically totally fine. So... That shining a light in his eyes doesn't really do much. And he's also immune to being frightened or charmed and has resistance to every kind of damage imaginable. Everything out there, he's immune to it. I don't he's I don't good. even know if he's immune to being scared. Just looking uh, at his stats really quick. His intelligence is three. Well, <laughs> so I think he just you don't like, need to can't be, be scared because he's not scared. he's he's just so not smart that he can't oh. be like scared. He knows he's really big, and he doesn't have the ability to understand that he I should mean, be afraid of other things. At an intelligence of three, does he even know he's big, dude? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's really bad. Oh, I don't think this so dude knows bad. what's going on at all. That's so. Or just hears loud noises and wants to make yeah. it stop. 
And that's, uh, I mean, so he moves really fast, though, which, I mean, good for him. He moves about one and a half times faster than uh, any person can. And that's with, like, being on the surface, like, running or climbing or swimming or burrowing through the ground. Like, he is very consistent one and a half times the speed of a human, no matter what speed or no matter what medium he's going through. Uh, But, like you were saying, he does seem to be less of a intelligent creature and more of a force of nature because his uh, Brad, you might have seen this as you were reading up on his stats he doesn't really have a like specific delineation as to where his uh, morals are he's not true evil he's not good he's just kind of chaotic neutral he's just well it says here that he's unaligned exactly he's just he's so by his like normal alignment he's just and that, that was a word I couldn't come up with earlier. He doesn't really have any kind of moral stance, so he just does whatever he wants. And he doesn't do it for any particular reason. So, like, chaotic means, like, in the D&D world, if someone's described as chaotic, they're, like, doing it because they want to cause chaos or they want to cause problems and they, like, they kind of enjoy that insanity. He, although do- does, although he is doing chaotic things and causes chaos... He isn't necessarily doing it for any reason other than just he does it because he sh- does. Again, it's probably because his intelligence is three. Exactly. <laughs> He's literally just like an animal that just goes on a rampage. Well, kind of what you're saying, like, he's i mean he'd almost literally be compared to like global warming or just some exactly. kind of natural just a force of because, nature yeah i mean it's not like he's making decisions for himself like he's just driven to do something and you yeah. can say it's like a tsunami it's like a hurricane it's like a sandstorm because it's it's basically non-sentient what he's doing so yeah this guy's kind of the worst and he's also you know immune to everything like we said and he does yeah. Well, and you have and, to roll um, to not be frightened by him. Exactly. He's also, I was going to say, he also has this like natural ability just in an aura around him to instill a terrible fear that keeps you from being able to do anything, like robs you of any kind of ability to act. Honestly, paralyze you in place. I don't know in what situation you would meet this guy, but if anyone uh-huh. does, like they're not prepared for that. Super not. Super dead. Um, so that being said, he's horrible. But, like, what's he trying to do? We already said he's kind of chaotic neutral. Sorry, he's not chaotic neutral. He, he's totally neutral neutral. Like, he doesn't really have any alignment. So what's his whole goal? And uh, like Brad was saying, he is just a force of nature. He is literally an eating machine. When he, like we were saying, he sleeps in the center of the earth. But as soon as he wakes up, he just starts eating everything he can. And he is capable of swallowing, like, entire creatures to even like the so in D there's different size creatures and the, the one of the largest size is giant sized and he can swallow a giant sized creature whole so Jeez, he's just he's like kirby he just eats everything around <laughs> the giant t-rex yeah. kirby man yeah. so he literally when he wakes up he does his best to try and eat the entire world he's just eating plants animals everything around him but thankfully in D&D, he is rarely ever awake, but when he does wake up, he only stays awake for about a week or two before he falls back asleep for like 20 or so months. Five to 20 months is the general window. So That's a big old window. Yeah, it's a big window. Yeah. I mean, you can hope for the 20 months at least. And but what's, what's interesting, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut oh, you off. Good. 
but it's so like in the Magic the Gathering verse, even though it's the same kind of it's the same universe kind of right. dinosaur. And then in uh-huh. you know, folklore, he's like dragony. And in D and D, which kind of lends credence to what you've been talking about, he's a titan. Right. Um, and so that kind of, in my opinion, leads to be him being more of a force of nature and yeah, absolutely. Kind of, you know, not in full control. I guess I don't know. If that's the right word, but like. I think Titan fits him as far as the D and D universe yeah. goes. He does what he's gonna, what he's gonna do, no matter what anyone else says. Not for any reason other than just he does it. He's going to. The wind's gonna blow. The Tarasta's gonna eat. That's just the way that it is. You could just combine all of his subtypes together. He's a uh, dragon, dinosaur, <laughs> Titan. There you go. <laughs> That's a creature I want to see. You're uh, seeing him. Good point. point, You're right. (laughs) That being said, uh, he can fall asleep for that that five to twenty month window somewhere around there. But every once in a while, he will just never wake up, and he'll stay asleep for like a decade or so. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. And so, like, then you get like a long time. You're like, heck yeah, this is sick. Um, then, however, when he wakes up, he's active for several months. Um, which that's not great. Yeah, so rather than being alive or awake and active for like a couple of weeks or so, now if you do end up experiencing like the long slumber where he's asleep for like 10 or so years, now he's going to be coming out and he's going to be tearing the world apart for months. But well, I mean, better look at look at his Magic the Gathering subtext. When it when it rises, nations fall. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) This thing's a monster. if you get that that several month long window of him being awake, then yeah, freaking entire <laughs> continents are gonna fall. fall. Yeah. And even worse than that, Jeez, there are people who theorize that there will be eventually one day where he'll wake up, like that a long slumber will happen. That he's going in like kind of this cycle, and one day there will be a long slumber, longer than ten years, and he'll wake up and never go back to sleep till the world's destroyed. So. so next month uh yeah, i mean what y'all doing next month <laughs> but oh, no. so there is uh definitely that possibility i mean that seems like it's his goal is to eat the world and eventually it might be to might get to the point where he's able to stay awake long enough to actually eat the entire world which pretty neat he's a really crazy this guy's yeah really cool but really awful creature but yeah, Tarask is super cool, and I I had no idea about the French version until now, and I think it's so cool. So super cool, and then yeah. I I do will say I have one quick question for Brad. Yes. So Brad, we know that the Tarask in D and D is a very sleepy boy. Do you think Freddy Krueger could kill him? Yo, <laughs> I mean, to be completely honest, okay. From watching all the Freddy Krueger movies, I don't want to take up too much time because this is like an actual question. That's a like, stupid question. It is, I mean, it's obviously stupid, but like I need to know it, like in a straight up. OK, this is I mean, like, no, he's not going to beat him like zero chance. Oh, no, oh come but, on. Not even one. Freddy Krueger has zero chance of beating Jason in a real fight. Right. And Freddy yeah. Krueger like kicked his trash. Like, I mean, like, yeah, that's true. Easily beat Jason multiple times in a single movie and so if and and like and that was obviously like premeditated and he like tried and everything and it took sure. jason and multiple people working together to 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 finally beat him so like i i would say yes i guess there is a chance 
right that Freddy Krueger like, could because it's like half a percent. But but he's so unintelligent, just like Jason was, and so like immune to like fear, basically. Yeah, that wouldn't work because that's kind of where he get Freddy Krueger gets his powers. He's the perfect enemy to the Tarask. <laughs> but I would say he has a more of a chance than probably most anyone else single handed. You don't think Jason could take him on? I think absolutely could. not. What about Jason X? <laughs> Jason Let's X, may, maybe he's got like vibranium, vibranium armor. So <laughs> Let's crash a spaceship into him. Maybe that'll do it. <laughs> uh, but that being said, real quickly, I just I think it's really neat. Uh, and so I wanted to mention there's a couple of things that are in real life named after the Tarrasque, uh, which very cool. There's actually a dinosaur that's named after the Tarrasque. That's it's called the Tarrascosaurus, which Ooh. awesome. Huh. Uh, and then also in uh, World War Two, I, I believe it was World War Two. The French military had a 20 millimeter anti-aircraft gun that was named the Tarrasque, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome, man. Thing. Yeah. And then last but not least, this one's not actually like connected, but I think it's very like coincidentally close that how Bowser is basically a Tarrasque. He, I mean, he's not actually <laughs> the, yeah. the inspiration that they, that they pulled from him. He's actually pulled from a, a Japanese demon and then kind of embellished and like changed over the years to become what he is today. But like generally, if you like, kind of squint your eyes and tilt your head a little bit bowser is very very similar to a tarrasque and i think it's kind of i think that was neat well maybe the the japanese demon that bowser was based off of was based off of the Maybe. man they didn't look anything alike but it was (laughs) the one he's based off of is called the it's a kappa or kapu or something like that it basically where the the word koopa comes from in mario it's based off of this creature's name and this is a total aside, but and the creature is a half human, half turtle hybrid, and that's so that's oh. where that's where the Koopas come from. And then they took the Koopa creature and turned like they're like, all right, well, we need a leader of these. Let's make Bowser, and they just kind of evolved him spiced, into what he spiced is. him up a little bit. Exactly. Mm. Not gonna lie, half human, half turtle is not something that I ever want to see. Oh, it's a monster. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's it's not cool, but. I mean, it works for being the demon that it is because <laughs> it's horrifying to look at. So, but that being said, that's uh, that's the Tarrasque. I think he's super neat, and that was yeah. I yeah. love that now France has lore and and mythological creatures to him. Just now, France got lore. Yeah, just now. You're welcome. <laughs> Get it for you. Put you on the map of lore of mythological creatures, but. Yeah, not only do they have lore, they have one of those like yeah, scariest things. Yeah, they have man. D and D's most terrifying monsters ever. So, but that's uh, going to be the episode this week. Uh, thank you all for listening. And, yes, uh, thank you, you all. Yeah, it's uh, make sure to follow us on what's TikTok. the word TikTok. Thank you. I couldn't come up. I, I was, all I wanted to say was Twitter, and I was like, that's not the one. Not yet. Maybe eventually Twitter. Um, but for now, what to do with that one? Just first. be amused by the exactly. cringiest videos. The gold that is coming out of Brad's mind—it's just—it's just banger <laughs> after banger after banger. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, today's was a banger. Enjoy that. Um, yeah. And then 
make as well if you uh, enjoyed the episode we'd love it if you shared it with a friend share it with someone that you know if you know someone who's really into D and maybe even if you uh have someone who's fought a Tarask in D and D, then share them oh, with experience. that. Yeah, man. Maybe they. I bet you, even if they fought the Tarask in D and I would be surprised if they had heard about the uh, origin of this guy. They yeah, knew sure. where he came from. So, share it with a friend. Uh, anything else you guys like to add before we end? Just thanks for coming back week after yeah, week. We really hard. appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. it. And that'll do it. Have a good we'll one. See you next week.